Welcome back to Pedagogy Non Grata, where we bridge the gap between the scientific literature and teaching in the classroom. I'm your host, as always, uh, Joseph, and today I am going to start off by apologizing for not coming out with an episode in such a very long time. Um, I'm about to have a baby, which is uh, super exciting. My wife is very pregnant, um, and I have been super busy trying to get our house ready for said baby. Today I want to talk about um, decodable text. I came across this debate recently in a um, forum for teachers interested in evidence-based uh, practices, and there was one teacher who swore adamantly that there was no research um, in support of it, and other teachers gave uh, anecdotal evidence in support of using decodable text in the classroom. Now, to be clear, a decodable text is a text that has been specifically written to use mostly words that are more easily decoded. Um, we've talked about in the past in this podcast, the problem with um, phonics overall, not that you shouldn't use phonics, but the, the one problem we have with it is that um, we have so many different letter sounds to make um, the same actual sound. So, you know, we have more than one way of making the F sound, for example. So decodable texts are written specifically to only use those words that are most easily decoded by students at that grade level. Of course, writing texts like this and making them grade appropriate and writing them with enough variety that they're useful is an incredibly labor-intensive process and therefore incredibly expensive. So if using these texts is not evidence-based, I think it's advisable not to spend the money purchasing them. Um, there have been some very uh, famous evidence-based uh, practitioners who have recommended um, decodable texts recently, um, and that was part of this debate. So I wanted to take a look at the evidence myself. I was able to locate um, three uh, overviews of them, uh, of this topic in the literature. There was one meta-analysis and two literature reviews. However, I had a problem using these uh, as my main source of information, um, just because one was... Uh, the, the only meta-analysis only had three studies in it, and two of the studies that they included in their meta-analysis didn't actually use the word decodable in the study, which I thought was problematic. Um, and then we, the, the other study is just a literature review. Now, admittedly, both studies um, claimed that there was little to no statistical evidence to support the use of um, decodable text in the classroom. So I decided to do my own meta-analysis of the topic, and I was able to locate six relevant studies which can be found on it. The, the first one was by Jenkins et al. It was done in 2004. It was an RCT study at one-on-one tutoring for 100 sessions, and it had a sample size of 955. Um, in my mind, this is the best-designed study. It's got a huge sample, and it's RCT. Um, it's also fairly modern and recently done, and the uh, study design is actually pretty long in its duration. In fact, I'd almost argue it's too long because so few studies in education have studies that are this long. When you compare its results to other studies that have a, a much shorter period of time or duration, I think you can get a sort of an unfair picture. You would expect a study like this, I think, actually, to have a higher effect size than would be normal. 
However, the effect size of this study was just 0.1, and that was for both reading and reading comprehension. The next one was by Prince et al., and this was done in 2020. It was also an RCT study, and it was also uh, very long. It was one year long. However, its sample size was much smaller. The sample size was 36, um, and its uh, effect size was extremely negative. It was negative 0.90 meaning the control group, uh, which did not use decodable text, far outperformed the group that did. Now, this is a very well-done study on its surface. However, I am concerned by the fact that its data was such an outlier in comparison to all other studies. So when I did my final um, meta-analysis, I did one with this study included and one without, um, treating as an outlier. Uh, all of the um, literature reviews I looked at included this study by Jewell et al. done in 1985. It had an experimental design. It was one year long. It had 93 students, but they reported no statistically significant results, and because of that, did not even include an effect size, um, which I didn't include this data, but I think I could have included this data by just putting it as a zero, which would have lowered the overall average effect size. Hoffman et al. did a study in 2001. Um, however, it was not an experimental design study. It was a correlation study, um, meaning he looked at 114 students, um, roughly half of which were using decodable texts and half of which weren't. And then he looked at um, their reading scores. Um, but there was no length of experiment design at all. It was just a correlation study. Uh, he came across with an effect size of zero. Um, Felton et al. in 1993 had the best results of any study. Um, he used an experimental design, so he had a control group and an experimental group that was not a um, randomized control trial, which would be the gold standard. Um, and his study was two years long in length, with a sample size of 81. I think it's fine that it's not an RCT. Obviously, it's better if it is. But I think it's, it's not fine that it's two years long, actually. Um, if you are teaching in a certain style for two years straight, you would imagine that you should be able to get a very large effect size, especially considering most studies are, are closer to six to 12 weeks long in duration. Um, and he got an effect size that was actually below the average effect size in education research overall. However, it is the highest effect size of any of the studies in the research and is 0.36. I would call this a, a moderate to low effect size. Um, the fact that this is the highest one, though, and it was two years in length, really makes me question the efficacy of um, decodable text overall. Herbert et al. in 2016 did an experimental design, meaning it's a control group experiment group with no randomized um, aspects to it. It did 40 half-hour sessions over 14 weeks with 81 students, and he came out with an effect size of 0 0.03. Um, now, if memory serves me correct, I had to tabulate the effect size for him. He, he left, uh, or he reported on the statistical evidence, but he didn't actually, he did the calculations. So overall, this gives us a mean effect size of negative 0.01 for using decodable text in the classroom. And even if we correct for the outliers, the prints at all, which was extremely negative, we still get only an effect size of 0.09. I think as of this moment in time, there might be some anecdotal evidence in favor of decodable text, and there might be some rationalist evidence in favor of decodable text, but there's no scientific evidence in favor of them. 
In fact, I would say there's little to no experimental evidence in support of using decodable texts in the classroom. That's it for now, folks, and until next time, signing off.